Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Since the first of the year, Bi-State Development, which operates the Metro Public Transportation System in the St. Louis region, among other things, has been under new management. Talby Roach has succeeded John Nations as Bi-State President and CEO. He came aboard a few weeks before a comprehensive report on Metrolink crime and security was issued by a consulting team. It included many recommendations. Talby Roach joins us in studio to talk about that and his vision for Bi-State going forward. Great to have you with us. Thanks for coming in. Good afternoon, Don. Thanks a, for having me. On a crummy day. Did you take the bus or the <laughs> Metrolink? <laughs> so I take Metrolink almost every single day. But uh, today, of course, I had several appointments, so I didn't take it today. However, uh, our day starts early on a day like this. We have operators who are going in at 430, getting equipment mm-hmm. ready, getting ready for situations just like this so we can get the public to work. Well, one of the concerns that the public seems to have these days, and I know it's one of your top priorities, is security on the Metrolink uh, system. Uh, this report has just come out. What is the gist of that report? It's, it's, uh, it's comprehensive and voluminous, but what basically are they talking about? It is, and it, I've, there are almost 99 recommendations having to do with the WSP report. Mm-hmm. And while that number seems daunting, um, I think it's really valuable for us to see what are the expert outside opinions, especially in how transit and security is handled across the country. I mean, one thing that I think that the leadership and public have been asking us to do is basically do a better job. Look at what you're doing, what you're doing well, and what you're not doing well. And I think in any journey that a transit system or any company would be making, the first thing that you have to figure out is where you are today. Mm. One good thing about a report like this is it gives us a good idea of where we are today. And that way we can chart where we should be going in the future. Well, where are we today with regard to security? So the nice thing about being in this role is, although I've only been in it for two months, Mm. I have been involved and around the system for decades. So I've also been working in partnership, uh, albeit in my prior role with St. Clair County at the Transit District, on improving security over the past several months. And for instance, I like to say that we've already made some traction with the recommendations. Uh, I've recently been talking with Jessica Meffer-Miller, who is, of course, the executive director Mm -hmm. of of the Transit Division, a highly competent professional. She's been in the job for just several months. But in those months, she and our team have been starting to implement some of the changes that have been recommended in the WSP study. What what are those changes that you've uh, Uh, talking about? So some of those really fundamentally are about deployment. So deployment of our security resources and really how our folks interact and how these different security teams at three different levels. Of course, there's the professional police departments then there's the Metro Public Safety Officers, and then there's a contract security. One of the issues with the WSP study is that they're not recommending necessarily that we need more people, which is reassuring. They are saying that the deployment of those resources, however, needs to be better. So we've taken some of those initial ideas and already put them to task. And one of the nice things about riding the system almost every single day, I've seen the results of that. And I've had customers come up to me and thank me, asking, in fact, have we added security? Actually, we haven't added any more bodies, but how we work and how they are deployed and how they interact with our customers, we are changing that. 
Should they be armed, these security officers? Should they carry guns? So that's certainly one of the considerations yeah. that, it, that is in the report, um, and we are looking at that. One thing that you have to remember is this is a transit environment. It's very different than, than some of the traditional policing models. And most of, most of the training associated with uh, transit models are specific to that interaction. For instance, most of our interaction with our customers in asking them whether they have a ticket and are they having a good ride and good morning, are you having a good day, 99% of that are, is with someone that we want to feel comfortable and safe. So it's not dealing with someone who's necessarily broken the law. So some of this is about customer service. How do we do that? If we look at it first from a customer service standpoint, that interaction becomes a, a natural part of being part of a community. And when it becomes a community and people start interacting and working, at, working together, that, that environment gets safer. You know, there is some discussion in Jefferson City, as I understand it, about allowing, uh, allowing uh, uh, your customers, if you will, your travelers, um, to carry weapons. How do you feel about that? So uh, I don't feel that uh, concealed carry is, is really a good paradigm on a transit system. Quite frankly, uh, you know, I would invite a lot of people to see the, the loads that we have you know, frequently I'm, I'm going home and moving west, and our, our, most, uh, our most congested station right now is the Central West End Station. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of really dynamic activity having to, uh, around that station, as you know. And when you see that load that comes on at 5, 5.15, and we have a standing load of all different diverse faces and a lot of millennials who are working at Cortex and, and at the medical center, uh, you see a kind of a almost a crush load type environment, uh, and that's really not conducive to uh, concealed carry, just like it wouldn't be conducive in a ballpark or a football stadium. And so there's environments where we feel that that's appropriate. We talked to some uh, Metrolink customers, uh, uh, riders over the last several days, and I want to play a clip from uh, one Danielle who was asked about this idea of of potentially concealed uh, weapons being utilized on the system. I mean, my opinion on that is I thought the government and everything was about public safety. That does not coincide with public safety. It makes no sense. Um, it just makes no sense, and uh, that's not taking care of the public. I mean, you're asking, you can ask a four-year-old why that's a bad idea. You know, because that's going to increase violence. It's going to increase murder, and it's going to increase violence. That's, uh, that is Danielle, one of the riders on the Metrolink system. She's right in line, I think, pretty much with what you're saying. Yeah, now, what can I do except thank you, Danielle. Uh, but so we need to remember what are those voices. What, uh, listen to our customers. Listen to the public. Ask them what they want. Not only how do we make them feel safe on our trains and buses, but we want them to feel comfortable so that beyond safety, they're comfortable checking their emails, they're comfortable reading a book on the way to work. That's what our goal should be. We should always be trying to get to that uh, situation where we're, I like to think of transit as a neighborhood. Uh, it's a neighborhood with a diversity of voices and a diversity of opinions, and we need to do our best to make it a safe neighborhood. 
the uh, what is the future of, of, of in terms of expansion for the system? Buses, uh, trains. Right. So I like to think of uh, transit as just part of a transportation environment. Our transit should be working in conjunction with roads and highways and really how we expand our city. I'd like to think of transit as a key component of how we see the future of the greater St. Louis area. So I'm a transit advocate, and I'd love to see it in every single corner. But we need to look at how it fits appropriately within each neighborhood and what the community thinks about that. Not unexpectedly, we're getting some input from our, our listeners, and I'd like to encourage that. Our number is 382-8255 or 382-TALK. You can send us an email at talk at stlpublicradio.org or send us a tweet at STL on air. And let's call in Gabe calling from St. Louis, who has the next question that I was going to ask, but let's have him ask it. Go ahead, Gabe. You're on the air. Hi. Thanks, Don. Um, yeah, I, I ride the Metrolink um, infrequently, probably two, three times a month. I uh, find it pretty convenient, but my question goes to the ticketing approach um, that I experienced uh, moving to St. Louis from out of town and um, the fact that it's almost like an opt-in system of buying the ticket and whether there are any security implications um, by way of, you know, that you can access a Metrolink train at least without having to necessarily buy a ticket. Obviously, I always buy a ticket. Sometimes the validation works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but it seems that you can access the trains without purchasing a ticket, and if that has any security implications uh, that the consulting firm looked at. We get this question a lot, by the way, Toby. Sure, and absolutely, there are implications. So our system was originally designed, of course, in the 90s, and it's based on an honor system, and it, and it is based on, uh, for instance, having to validate most of the tickets, Um although a, a majority of our, our ticketing has to do with our regular monthly riders and so on. However, there's certainly some aspects from the security study that, that we intend on implementing that would modernize some of our ticketing media, and that certainly is a weakness of our mm -hmm. system. We can do better associated with that. One of the really key components that they're talking that is uh, recommended in, in, for instance, security through environmental uh, programs is through access control. So one thing that our law enforcement partners have been asking us to do in the design of the system is to limit access so that they can patrol that access point and check fares more reliably. It's a fundamental component of security Unfortunately, some of the redesign of some of those systems does cost a little bit more money. However, that's one of those <clears throat> fundamental design elements that we should be looking at. Mm -hmm. I'm often asked, um, when will we, we be finished looking at security? When will this job be done? There really isn't an answer to that because we should always be trying to modernize security. We should always be responsive to what the changing dynamic is with our customer and what are the modern features that we can bring into it to make it a better ride. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a lot of things that uh, require a lot of input from staff, for instance, and mm -hmm. some will require money. You're, you're reducing the size of your staff and you're reducing your budget, aren't you? So That's that, right. These two square? <laughs> well, sure. I, they do square, just like, just like in the private industry. We have to be a growing and changing organization. So sometimes, especially with changes in policy, 
um, there have to be adjustments made. That uh, part of the reason why I was brought in uh, as the new president and CEO is to try to bring the system in a slightly new direction. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I have made some staff changes. And that's right. And also, additionally, uh, we are stewards of the public money. We are accountable to make our budget, and we are accountable to show that we're responsive to not only to uh, our leadership, but also to the public and to our riders. And in that obligation, I have to look at where are we budgetarily. I have challenged our staff to implement some changes, including some layoffs, but mostly in how, where do we see our organization in three years? One of the problems is we need to get out of this 12-month cycle. You know, a lot of times in the transit industry, especially with large changes like security, it takes several years to really implement it effectively. Just like changes in neighborhoods, it takes some time to make those changes. Mm -hmm. So we, but we have to take action. We have to take action immediately, and we have to be accountable to that action. It's one of the reasons why I'm here today, and it's one of the reasons why I've already made some changes. We have to take a break. We'll do that now. We're talking with Talvi Roach, who is the president and CEO of Bi-State Development. We'll continue our conversation and welcome your input as well. We have a couple of callers who are waiting. Stay with us. We'll be back in just about one minute, and we'll start taking your calls. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Now back to our conversation about, uh, about the bi-state development and uh, some of the things that's going on in that organization right now with the Talby Roach. Talby, I want to uh, go back to the security thing for just a moment here. Uh, according to the report, as I read it, and I'm quoting here, uh, the uh, suggestion is to do more in private so as not to alarm the public. Quoting here, depoliticize the conversation about metro security and uh, deal with differences in closed meetings. Is that make sense to you? Do you want to go dark, as it were? So we are always accountable, and, and we have to be accountable to the public. And one of the directions that I've certainly given staff is we want to be open to the public and we'll continue to be that way. However, we have to coordinate how we are dealing with security. And for instance, with the, the normal planning and police work that goes with security, and sometimes some of those conversations indeed need to be in private so that we can target behavior and try to do essentially some hot spot policing. And one, I think, legitimate criticism of how things have gone in the past 18 months is that some of the security issues have been inappropriately politicized. And, and part of that, if we are going to move into a collaborative environment, where we're working together every single day on security in Metrolink, then I need to have a very strong relationship with the three professional police departments through the Sheriff's Department of St. Clair County, through the St. Louis City Police and the St. Louis County, and be working together every single day, along with our dedicated Metro uh, public safety officers. Uh, along these lines, one of our reporters uh, has wants to know, uh, she believes the agency should be subject to sun. Well, not the question if she believes. Uh, do you believe the agency should be subject to sunshine laws, despite a court ruling that says they are exempt? So even even despite the court ruling, one of the things that that I'm going to do as president and CEO is endeavor to be just as a matter of policy, since we do expend the public's money. 
as a matter of policy, always seek to be open to, for instance, those open records rulings. Mm -hmm. And so as far as I'm concerned, we are going to always endeavor to, to meet that burden. Back to the phones. Let's bring in Mike calling from St. Louis. Mike, you're on the air. Hi, Don. And your gentleman is Mr. Roach, I believe? That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I love the system. I ride it. Uh, I've been riding for two years now between bicycle, bus, and Metrolink, mm-hmm. and it's a great combination. But the problem I have is if I were a new rider, um, and even even now as an old rider, I've, I've suffered not being able to see where my bus is. I'll get to maybe the Shrewsbury uh, Metrolink station. I'll get off and I'll look around, and I can't see my bus because there's no large should be a large sign above each bus to tell you which is a 30, which is a 56. I was there uh, about a month ago and uh, got off the 11 and started looking for the 56. And I literally had to go to five different buses and stand in front of them and look to see if that's the one. And it turned out to be way on the other side. I had to cross like two lanes of traffic uh, on the bus platform to find the bus that I needed. And a simple large number above each bus that you could see from the distance would simplify it and make information available to, especially new riders who don't know what they're doing, uh, they would be sort of terrified to try to chase down the bus that they're supposed to get. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Sure. So one of the recommendations in actually the security study is, is to be a little more cogent and comprehensive in our fundamental signage. So uh, one of the things that we can do a better job of is communicating with everyone who is out on our line, whether that has to do with, for instance, the fundamental rules of riding, as essentially that are mostly behavior-based, how, how to uh, make a secure and comfortable environment, but also how you access our system. So th- there are some big changes to our system in, in modernization that is coming. Uh, and that is through Metro Reimagined. Um, we are changing how the bus system operates in both Missouri and Illinois. However, the changes will be uh, completed in, on the Missouri side first. And that's tr- to try to be a little more responsive to the modern customer that, that is interested in, in more frequent service and service that's accessible electronically so that there's a cleaner communication in how folks move around in this modern world. And so we're working on that. It's a very fair critique, and it's something that we should always be looking at. You know, anybody who uses the uh, system has, has a list to a, a greater or lesser length on things they'd like to see changed. We have a, a clip from one of your writers who has a very basic boilerplate uh, wish list. Let's listen to what Yolanda has to say. Uh, more security during rush hour this time of day. Uh, smoking on a train and just rowdy behavior. That's actually the things that Yolanda does not want to see that she is seeing. Uh, how do you address things like this? I mean, these are kind of basic things. Yeah, they're, they're fundamental uh, behavior-based uh, kind of environmental-type situations in, your, in what your everyday ride experience is. And, for instance, our surveys, uh, more than just Yolanda, but hundreds of our customers uh, – put, you know, really behavior-based um, experiences as, you know, one of the primary things that we can improve. Well, 
so for instance, if in the security study what we're doing with our deployment is changing that deployment so there's more interaction between uh, our customers and our security forces, where for instance, a little more, hey, good morning, I'm sorry, sir, but you can't smoke on the platform. Mm -hmm. Some of those fundamental conversations that need to happen as they would in any neighborhood, those are some of the things that we can improve. A lot of that comes with fundamental training and we, we can do a better job with training our security forces. Even our professional police departments who are trained in kind of more of a traditional crime uh, prevention and, and crime apprehension environment have asked for specific transit training associated with how we can do a better job. You, you keep talking about uh, doing a better job and how mm -hmm. we're not going to do it the way we were doing it. Is that, mm -hmm. is that a criticism of the way things have been done heretofore of the previous administrations, for instance? No, I don't, I don't think it is at all. Mm -hmm. um, Again, what I think uh, my job is, is to figure, figure out where we are today mm -hmm. and where we're going. And there's nothing I can really do about the past, but I can recognize that things have changed. One of the really interesting aspects about coming into the studio today is here we are in the, in the Grand Center neighborhood. Think of how different this neighborhood is from really five years ago, from mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Our system was designed in the mid 90s. Mm -hmm. It's very different, however, as uh, the leader of this system, I need to be trying to push my team so that they're responsive and so that they're looking at changing the system so that it fits with the new neighborhood that we operate in. Yeah. One of the things we must talk about, because uh, it, it, it comes up from time to time, is the notion of expansion. We talked a little bit during the break because we have a note here from Rita, and I'll have to just adjust this here, who was talking about expansion into uh, St. Charles County. Uh, that's n not on the books yet by any stretch of the imagination. But she really gets to the idea of what role public transportation can play in helping to preserve the environment. She says, if you go out to St. Charles County, what can you do to make environmental improvements in the system? So, of course, I'm a transit advocate. So, boy, I'd love to build out to St. Charles County. Um, but we have to make the case to the overall public about how that fits. How does that fit for St. Charles County and for, for all those citizens? And what can we bring to them? One of those, for instance, obviously is the environmental efficiency that transit brings. The other is, of course, how does transit interact with the other, for instance, transportation resources in St. Charles County? I've, I've noticed those bridges tend to get a little uh, congested. Mm. If, for instance, MoDOT could make a design change that took care of, for instance, 10% of rush hour traffic, they would make that investment. And what I would be saying is that, for instance, during rush hour, uh, transit works best when roads work the worst. So for instance, transit works best during rush hour periods. So we can relieve some of that congestion, for instance, where even some of the people who don't take Metrolink out in St. Charles County, but they can see the value of it because their, their, for instance, ride is in a car is a little better because we're providing rides to several thousand people in a, in a parallel conveyance. One of the reasons there is no uh, service out to St. Charles County is because people at the beginning, when all of this was uh, being talked about initially, they were afraid that it would bring city crime out to the, uh, out to the suburbs. And there are still some fears about that. People near Metrolink stations are concerned. You, do you hear much about that? 
certainly that's always in the narrative. Yeah. And, and what we need to do, and or, or really my job, is to square my shoulders and admit what are, what are the issues that we need to be working on. Because not only is there just where security is from a statistical standpoint, as f but there's the perception. Exactly. I need to aim for perception. Mm -hmm. If people think that Metrolink is dangerous, even if, it, if it's not, I need to try to get to the think. I need to convince mm -hmm. people that we have a valuable system that's well run, that is safe and comfortable. For the record, there are no plans at the moment to expand to St. Charles. Not that I know of. Okay. What about North-South? So North-South, for instance, is in, a, in the planning phase. And, and right now, we're working with our partners at East-West Gateway to try to look at those different corridors. Uh, certainly, it's, it is in the study phase. Um, and it, it has not been handed to us to develop it. But of course, I, I see it as an opportunity. How do we weave uh, this transportation asset into what would be the new neighborhoods <clears throat> of North and South? And I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. I think it's an exciting opportunity. And one of the things that I guess I would challenge everybody, including myself, is how do we see ourselves as a city? How do we change those neighborhoods? How do we grow them? Do you see an increase in, in ridership? And I'm thinking of the millennial generation, which is sort of disavowing cars, if you will, and turning more and more to public transportation. You seeing that? Yes, absolutely seeing yeah. it. So, so one of the... When, besides when we do customer surveys, how certainly people are interested in, mm. in security, uh, uh, very recently, one of the things that we're asked for all the time is Wi-Fi. I was just uh, going to bring that <laughs> up. So, so, but if we're thinking of this as a comprehensive customer experience, including both not only being safe but comfortable, right, Wi-Fi should be one of those things that we offer. We should always be looking as what is the highest customer experience that we can get so we can attract new riders. You know, in the end, Don, what I have to do is I have to get folks in seats. You know, w w the results are where is my ridership going? Mm -hmm. That's really, and, and security, yes, is the priority, but security is the priority so that we can get more folks riding our system. Where folks are going is a question that Kim has here. She asks in a tweet, when Metrolink was first proposed, Jefferson County and South County were very interested. Any update? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'd, I'd love to get them interested. And, and, yeah. and part of getting them interested and, and getting those communities interested is by providing relentless customer service. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to impart that idea to all of my employees including my bus operators and my caller ride operators, our security folks, all of those should be looking, how can we serve our customers? We have uh, another question here via uh, the new technology, if you will. In recent weeks, the accuracy of real-time updates has been poor uh, due to delays because of inclement weather. Are there any efforts being made to improve real-time updates via Google Map and the Transit app? So yes, we. So I, I have team members who work on that. I am not a specialist <laughs> in the area. I'll be very honest with you. However, for instance, this morning, um, I get regular uh, updates from from our team uh, electronically. Those are put out. Uh, they're they're tweeted and and put in in other ways, uh, so that we can update our folks. 
Um, we also have text capabilities now that where, for instance, if any of our writers have a question, they can text into a, a, a number that we provide where our operators will get back to them and can provide updates, whether they be weather, whether they be, hey, where's the number 26 bus go, all of those issues. So we, we are modernizing all of those um, ways to communicate with the public. I'm not a specialist in that area. However, I know that my team is working on it. Yeah. Another question we hear all the time is one that also has been sent in. Any coordination uh, planned with the loop trolley? And if not, why not? The poor trolley gets <laughs> so much press <laughs> and media attention these days. So, of course, I'm, I'm a transit advocate, <laughs> and I, I happen to live only a couple of blocks away from the loop trolley, and, and I think it's a, a wonderful project. Like a lot of projects, uh, it, it's complex, and there's some difficulties with, uh, with moving, especially a, a trolley system, into how uh, cars operate. And, yes, sure, it's had its bumps. However, I think the idea is a successful one, and it's a way to kind of change and make a, a really unique and different neighborhood. And so I think I, I really applaud the idea. I'd love for it to be integrated better into our overall transit mm -hmm. system. I think that's a great goal. I, I personally would like to see it, uh, but we're not there yet. Less than a minute left. What's, uh, what's on your wish list? What's the top of your wish list? So, yes, I, I can't resist, but the, uh, the top of my wish list is, as the public and our customers are asking me to do a better job on security, one top thing on my wish list is a master police agreement, uh, a master police agreement that has all, all signatories involved, St. Louis County Police, St. Louis City Police, the Sheriff's Department in St. Clair County, but also the two prosecutors from Missouri and the state's attorney so that we all have an idea of what our roles and responsibilities are. Maybe that's a little heavy lifting, but it's something we need to get to. And there's a transit event uh, on security on March 1st. Very quickly, where is that at what time? Sure, it, it's, it's downtown at the regional chamber. Um, I will be there, and we're going to have a panel discussion. We'll put uh, information about that on our website at stlpublicradio.org. Toby Roach, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on the new job, and best of luck as, uh, as you continue. It's been Thank great you, talking to you. Mm -hmm. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.